All right, there will be, this is my series title, there will be joy. There, there, there will be. This, this is just my, this is my just posture right now in my life. There will be. It's not going to be stolen from me, not going to be taken from me. This is not a possibility. This is not a chance. I'm declaring that there will be. Some of you probably need to take this attitude on yourselves that I will have, not could have, I will have joy. Luke chapter 2, familiar passage of scripture as we approach Christmas. Luke chapter 2 verse 9, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. This is the, the angel Lord appearing to the shepherds. It says, and they were terrified. I always thought that was hilarious. It's like, I don't know if God saw it happening that way. You know, like the angel of the Lord comes down to announce the birth of the Messiah, and they're freaked out. And it's like, okay. And, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I thought that was funny too, because if an angel just showed up in here, you know, telling us, don't be afraid, most people would be, af- would be afraid. Said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Good news that will cause, not might cause, not has the possibility to cause, it will cause great joy for all the people. How many people? That's incredible to know that that joy is possible to all people, for all people. This will be a, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I want to use this passage of scripture as a backdrop uh, to talk just for a couple moments uh, about the declaration or posture or stance or position of warfare. There will be joy. How many think our world needs some joy? How many feel like, and you don't have to answer this, how many feel like you need some joy? Just, just need maybe some a joy check of uh, I think I, I think I could need I, could, I think I could use a little bit of joy and then I know what happens it goes through my mind as well you start going through the checklist well if this has happened or this would have happened or the year would have been different or this and, and, and we have this entire checklist of things that should happen or shouldn't have happened and we would have joy the story of the shepherds is interesting because when the angels show up he says I am going to bring you Good news. I think that sometimes there's this thought about joy when we talk about like Christian joy, spiritual joy, is that like if you just serve Jesus, joy just bubbles up out of your heart and you should have it all the time. And, and, and I like this because when the angel of the Lord spoke to the shepherds, he says there's going to be good news that's going to cause great joy. So it's, it's not just the supernatural emotion that only comes to God's elect. It, it, is, it is a natural emotion or feeling that is caused by good news. This is awesome. I could use some good news. Anybody else? I mean, I just, I, I'd love some good news. So they, they, the angels came and said, I bring you good news. This news was supposed to be so good that it was going to cause them to have great joy. I, I don't know about you, but I, I love presents. 
And so Christmas, man, is fun. It didn't even really matter what it is to me. Like, I just like presents. I, 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 I like that. And uh, my boys, they love presents. And so we're getting ready uh, for Christmas. And I got this Cyber Monday deal on a weak moment. And then I bought them some things. And uh, I'm thinking, why? what did I just do? Um, part of me is like uh, Ubering on the side. And the other part of me is excited because they expect this. And they're going to get this, right? So I, I, like, I like that surprise feature. You, you know, when your expectations are here and life comes through here, it produces joy. It's interesting. Some people say, well, that's not godly joy. No, it's real joy. It's real joy. Well, that's happiness because it's based on happenings. No, it's joy. It's joy. Joy and happiness, you can try to separate them with happenings, internal, external, and there's all kind of proof for all of those things. But the truth of the matter is joy really is synonymous with happiness in a lot of ways because it, exo- it, it results in an emotional feeling of goodwill. So joy, good news that will come. I cannot wait for my boys to come in expecting this and to get surprised by this. You know what I feel like God's going to do in 2021? Is that God's going to surprise you with his goodness. I'm going to talk about it in a couple of weeks. I believe God is going to astonish you with his goodness. That sounds good, doesn't it? It's like, man, if God surprises me with some things, I'm going to, I'm going to have some joy. He says, this will cause great, not just partial joy, not just temporary joy. This good news that Jesus was coming was going to cause such great joy. Joy is an emotion, an emotion that can be felt this wasn't just excitement. This was going to be great joy. God was about to make joy available to the world. This is what's happening when the angels show up to begin to sing to the shepherds, which people say, like, why did the angels show up to the shepherds? In those days, the shepherds would be the lowliest of the lowly. This would be like whatever, like, the worst job you can think of, it'd be like below that. It, it, was, it was not like the greatest job. Now, it's interesting, these shepherds, they were known uh, to watch over the sheep that would be sacrificed for the sins of the people, which is very interesting if you're into symbolism or you're into any type of Bible historical studies, is that they would, they would watch over the flock that would be sacrificed as a sacri- as be sacrificed for the sin of the people. It just so happens that God sent the angels to appear to these shepherds to announce to them that there was about to be a Savior that was going to be born, and we know, and was going to die to be the lamb of the world. That no longer would we have to sacrifice actual lamb, but the lamb that would die once and for all would cover all of our sins. And so God saw fit to appear with his angels to the shepherds. And he shows up and he tells them that there will be good news that will cause great joy. And this is why. Because a Savior has been born. So the great news, the good news, is that there's a great joy because a Savior has been born. Which tells me a couple different things. Is that joy is connected to Jesus. As cliche and super spiritual as you want to make it out to be, it is connected. The joy and Jesus are connected. That God so loved the world, we know the scripture, John 3.16, that he gave When Jesus came, it was God's heart for the world to have joy. 
When Jesus was born, it was God's strategic mission to say, there is no joy apart from me, so I will send Jesus, and Jesus will bring joy. Wouldn't that be interesting to like actually shake it up that way and just say, where do you get joy? Jesus. I mean, people would laugh at you. Where do you get joy? Jesus. Sounds super spiritual. Sounds like your great-grandmother coming to Christmas. And Sonny, the, the, the joy of the Lord is not in the presence, is in his presence. You know, this is not about you. This is, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Joy came from a strategic God with a strategic mission, with an overflowing heart that said the world is separated from me and separated from me there can be no lasting joy so I will send the Messiah. I will send the Savior to be the bridge for mankind to cover the sins, to cover the gap, to give grace and he will be joy. I bring you good, good news. What's, what's the good news? The good news is that Jesus came He came to cover our sin. Every mistake that we've ever committed, every mistake, every sin that we've ever committed, everything that we've ever done that nobody knows about, he died to cover that. Everything that we ever will do, he died to cover that. I mean, Christmas is fun. Christmas is all kinds of incredible things. But you know what Christmas really is? It's the heart of a heavenly father that says there's no joy. But I'm going to give them joy. He says, I'm going to give you some good news. This good news is going to cause great joy. And this is the good news, that a Savior has been born. That mankind does not have to be separated from me any longer. I'm sending a go-between. I'm sending a scapegoat. I'm sending someone to bridge the gap between me and my creation. Jesus had to come because there was no lasting joy. Because of sin, all of mankind was separated from his presence. I think our world needs this joy. I mean, I don't know if you've uh, had the same experience I've had, but I've never seen a joyful employee at two places. One subway. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why. I, I, I don't, I've been to a lot of them. I don't, I've, never, I've never seen a happy employee at subway. I've never seen a happy employee at the DMV. Just like those two things, I, I, I don't know what's happening, but it's like you can go to another sandwich shop and they're happy. But the Subway, I don't know if it's something in the bread, something in the air. Like it, it, you, you cannot find them. I challenge you. Try to find a happy, some of you work for Subway. Just be happy, okay? Break the statistic. Our world needs joy. Our churches need joy. Did you know our churches, sometimes church can be the most boring, most depressing. I'm, try, I'm not trying to be honest with you. Sometimes I come into church and I try not to look around until you all get warmed up. Because I'm like, are you even happy to be here? I mean, we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It should put a smile on your face. We come in so cranky. We come in so annoying. We come in so tired. Wake up. 
come to church. We serve a God who wants to give joy, who wants us to have happiness. We serve a God who sent his son Jesus to die. We should come in with a, like a little bit of a bounce in our step. We should like dispose of the golf clap. We should lift up our voice. You should be heard. Well, I kind of like a quiet church. Well, that's not this church. You got to find a different one. There's a lot of them on this street. Find a different one. This is not a quiet one. Save your emails. We're not turning it down. My Bible says make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. You're going to hate heaven. Loudest concert you've ever been to, turn it up a couple decibels. That's heaven. 24-7. And the moment you think, oh, silence, they're going to see another glimpse of God. And the angels are going to erupt in another chorus. Holy, 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 holy is. Now, don't get annoyed because then you're going to prove the example true. All right? Some of you like, I don't like the way he's talking. You're one of those that need a little joy. Okay, probably from one of the campuses. No one in the room because these guys can reach me. We need joy. We need joy in the church. Rejoice in the Lord how many times? Always. And again I say rejoice. Man, there should be a sound about Christians. There should be a smile about Christians. There should be an atmosphere about Christians. There should be an atmosphere in our churches. When you walk in the door, you should just feel something. Man, this is a place of joy. Not fake. Not facade. Not, hey, brother, how are you? Bless. Cuss my family out on the way to church today, but I'm blessed. Stop, just be real. You can have joy in the midst of all of that. The church should be a place of joy. Why does the world want the joy that we have if we come to church and we're not even happy? No, we should be, we, we should, we should be trying to calm each other down from keeping the day going too long. We should be kicking you out so we can get the other services in. We, 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 should, we should be trying to hold you at the doors and keep, wor- we're gonna have to just cut off worship because the people won't stop worshiping. That's, that's the church. Church should be exciting. Church should be vibrant. Church should be radical. Church should be passionate. Well, that's not the church I grew up in. That's fine. We don't sing the songs you grew up with. We don't wear the clothes you grew up with. Things change. So here's the deal. You can be you can be cranky that it's not the same, or you can just get joyful that God's going to move in the midst of it, and we're just changing and moving and growing. Man, some people hated giving up their, their pagers. Oh, technology, look at this. Oh, mark of the beast, we're going to use phones. They're gone, guys. Nobody's missing them anymore. Nobody's missing it. Everybody adapted. We changed. We grew, and now we're on this, and now it's the next thing. Uh, I don't know. Flip phones went to big phones, big phones, small phones. I mean, we're just changing it all the time. Headphones in your ear, over your ear. Everything's changing all the time. We don't know if we like it, and then we buy it anyways. <laughs> then we love it, and we don't want to go to the next thing. And it'd be easier just to be happy. It'd be easier just to have some joy. You know what? I think that, that a lack of joy can almost always be traced back to two things. I think that, that that is some rain going on right there. I thought, I thought it was the Lord coming in. It, the lack of joy can always be traced to two things. One, entitlement. In, entitlement. I deserve something better than this. It'll rob you of joy faster than anything else in your life. Entitlement. I deserve something better than this. Life isn't fair. 
Why did they get that promotion? Why do their kids listen? Why does their marriage look like that? Why did they have that many followers? Why did they get the job? Why did they get the position? Why did they get a phone call? Why did they get invited? What? Entitlement. Entitlement will rob you, drain you of the joy that you have. You ever just woke up and you're happy? I mean, like, you just woke up in a good mood, like, you know what? I think I'm all right today. I think I feel pretty good, man. It's a good day. It, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's not, it's not a, it's, it's not a good, they have more than me. Look what they bought their kids for Christmas. Oh my goodness. What? They're, they're on lockdown. These guys aren't on lockdown. These, we go to they, and once we start thinking that we should have what someone else has, entitlement, it begins to rob us of our joy. We're taught in this life that we deserve a certain status, a certain behavior, a certain life. And when we're not afforded that, what we think we're entitled to, we lose our joy. Entitlement. The second thing is expectations. Expectations. Did you know that if we expected everybody to live until they were 30, you would be happy for every year after that? But we have an expectation of what life should look like, and if anyone is robbed from the expectation, we lose our joy and we're angry at God. When we have an expectation of how we should be treated or how life should go or how God should speak to us or how how much money we should make or how how people should notice us, when we have that expectation and it's less than, it drains our joy. Entitlement says I deserve something different. Expectation says I thought it would have been different. I thought it would have been different. Loss robs our joy because our expectation was what, that we would have that thing forever. If you expect to have something forever and you lose it, it puts a hole in your joy bucket and your joy begins to drain. Entitlement and expectations, unmet, wrong expectations, begin to drain you of the joy that you have. We measure and then expect what life should give us based on looking around and seeing what other people have. Did you know that, I mean, advertisements really ruin our joy? Because even our own social media accounts and who we follow, they ruin our joy. You would be fine if you didn't know what someone else had. But as soon as you know what someone else has, now you have an expectation and even some entitlement because you're a better person than they are, then you should have that and more. And if you don't have that, you feel less than. And when you feel less than, you don't have any joy. But if you would have never even looked, you would have been so blessed. Man, you would have thought, my life is so good. Wow, I actually have a car to drive. It's incredible. It's pouring down rain outside, and I've got a a roof over my head. That is incredible. You'd be all right. Unless you say, wow, I didn't know they bought that car. Their wife bought that, that car for Christmas. Are you serious? That house... That opportunity. I mean, it sounds facetious, but it's where we live. That comparison, that entitlement, that expectation, it robs us. Now, this is, this is what's crazy. Joy doesn't even come from those things that we want it to come from. You know how I know this? Is that we never enjoy the thing that we get to give us joy. This is what I mean by that. I have to have this. You get this, and then you have to have. But I thought this was the thing that brought you. I thought that house was the one that brought you. I thought that 
status. I thought that dollar amount. I thought that person was the one. But then you got it, and you didn't even enjoy what God gave you. Because you know why? Joy doesn't come from the things, from the status. Joy was met, it was meant, it was designed to be found in God. Joy is supposed to be unmet. People say, God doesn't want us to be happy. God wants you to be happy. Let me, let me just flip it on you. I don't think you want to be happy. Because if you really wanted to be happy, you would stop going to temporal things. If you cared more, you'd really go after joy. You'd really go after him. You'd really go after what he, you, know, you just don't even want to be that happy. So you'll take the easy road. You take the easy, okay, that's too much, okay. You, just joking. These guys were getting convicted. Some of us will take, will take the temporary or the temporal things. If we really wanted joy, we were really serious about it. We said, that's it. I'm going to get joy. Then we would forget all this, and we would have one single pursuit. The same thing that the angel said to the shepherds, that there will be good news that will cause great joy. That's what I want, great joy. And it will be found in a Savior. His name is Jesus. I know some of you are like, that's so old-fashioned. Well, now we have to have this. And it's not Jesus and. It's not Jesus plus. It's not, 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 not Jesus. And if, if everything else doesn't work, then he'll be fine for you. No, this, this is real. It is found in him. Joy and Jesus are synonymous. You can have joy without Jesus, but you cannot have Jesus without joy. Jesus comes with joy. I can, I can get joy in this world temporary, but when I get Jesus, I get joy. You, can't, you, cannot, you cannot have him and not have this joy. Joy, listen to this. This is some things about joy. Joy is available even in pain. I think this is important to know because sometimes we think that joy is only available when circumstances align. Joy is available even in pain. Joy, we said this about peace, this is true about joy. Joy is not found in the absence of trouble or pain. It's in the presence of God. Joy is not found in the absence of a pandemic or economic crisis. It's found in the presence of of God, Acts chapter 5, verse 40. It says, his speech, Paul persuaded them. They called the apostles in and they had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. A really bad day. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. I'm reading that and I'm thinking, oh man, how are they going to respond? Oh, this is bad. I mean, this is bad. This is worse than pandemic. I mean, they just got, they got flogged. You got to get kicked out of the city. It says, and they left rejoicing because they were counting right. They weren't counting what they could gather. They were counting how they were spending their life, how their life was mattering. They were counting right. And so persecution didn't phase them. And they left rejoicing. Joy is available even in pain. Joy is a perspective. It's, it's, it's a perspective. It's a point of view. Honestly, it's how you see something. Joy. One person can look at it, that doesn't bring them joy. Another person can look at it, and it brings them joy. It's a perspective. Joy is a focus before it is a feeling. Joy is a focus before it is a feeling. James chapter 1, it says this, one of my 
top ten hated verses in the Bible. It says, my brethren, count it all joy. When? When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Count it all joy. Count it up. This means to look at where you're going and say where I'm going is worth my current struggle. So if I look at it that way, if you've got a bad workout and you're trying to attain a, a, a physical goal, then you endure the bad workout because you know the goal is coming. The sum, you've got to count it right. Some of us count how much persecution. What we should be counting is all the things that God wants to do on the other side of the persecution. What we're counting is how many weeks of lockdown we've had. What we should be counting is what God wants to do on the other side. And if you add it up right, if you count it right, you can have joy in the midst of it. This is why Paul says God's doing something in the midst of your adversity. God's doing something. He's developing something in the midst of your opposition. So stop looking at the trouble. And start looking at the sum. Count it. Count it all joy. When you. Anybody going through a trial right now? Can you count it? All joy? It's a focus before it's a feeling. It is a perspective. Joy is found in his presence. Psalm 16 verse 11. It says, you make known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy, where? In your presence. With eternal pleasures at your right hand. Maybe we did get it wrong for Christmas. Maybe it's not supposed to be presents. Maybe it is supposed to be presents. I love presents. I'm not saying take away presents. Maybe, maybe our focus, though, if I just get this and I just get this and if I get this, God giving me something. Giving, he gave you something. He gave you a present, and it is his presence. I know some of you are like, well, but really, how do I walk out of this? I, I, I want to give you all those things, and you can go to licensed counselors and figure out all the ways that you can figure. I'm just telling you that Jesus came so that all people could have great joy, and that joy is not found in my 37 steps to happiness. That joy is not found in gathering or acquiring more things or more status or more followers. That joy is found in Jesus, and we've got to get back to his presence, and we've got to get back to disciples and Christians that burn for desire for the presence of God. We've got to get back to people that recognize that my joy and my Jesus are synonymous, that I don't look for joy outside of him. When I'm lacking, I go to him. When I'm in need, I go to him. When I'm sad, I go to him. I know it doesn't feel right all the time, but it is right because it works. My joy is found in his presence. The greatest present ever given was his presence. Psalm 21, verse 6, it says, Surely you have granted him unending blessings and made him glad. With the joy of your presence. Did you know this week I had an argument with myself? People think you're crazy when you do that. Got to be careful. I had an argument with myself preparing this. Because I'm thinking, man, people, they don't want to hear that your joy is in Jesus. Right? We've heard that all our lives. If you've grown up in church, you hear it all your lives. And now we're so sophisticated. Oh, so, we're so intellectual. We're so mature. Now we can explain away or medicate away just about anything. I'm not against any of those things. I just don't want to, at the expense 
of robbing God of his greatest strategy to send Jesus so that we can have joy. This joy is internal, not external. That's why Paul, when all of this was breaking loose around him, he's good. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Hit me again. Rejoice. Joy. Joy. Pastor, you don't know my struggle. I don't. I don't. I've talked to people that have struggled with deep depression for years and years. I mean, years and years crippled by it. I'm not saying that one little message saying Jesus is your joy is going to help you. It might take years of counseling and step-by-step process, all of that. But I'm going to tell you this. It's not found outside of him. You might, you might, might, God might use some people in your life, but he's not going to do it apart from himself. Psalm 21, 6, we said that he made him glad. Made him glad. I think today's so, I really feel as God's going to make somebody glad today. He's just going to make you glad. Make you, why are you so happy? I don't know. I'm just glad. Man, things are getting bad. I know. I'm just, I'm just glad. God made me glad. I have joy. Where's this joy coming from? I don't know. You know what I love? And I think this is our action point for this message today. The, the shepherds, we, we read this in verse 13 of Luke 2. It says, suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, earth peace, good. All, all that happened. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Stop right here. When the announcement of joy came to their heart and to their life, it produced in them a desire to find the creator of that joy. He said, there will be a great joy. And this is why Jesus has come. The Messiah is here. And they, they didn't like say, wow, Johnny, go get the sheep, man. This is incredible. They said, forget this. None of this is important right now. The only thing that matters is finding him. It says they left their jobs. They left the sheep. They left which is crazy symbolism, but they didn't need those sheep anymore because there was not about to be any more sacrifices that were made in Jerusalem for the sin of the people because the Lamb of God was about to be slain and he was about to die once and for all, for all mankind, that all sin, both already done and to be done, would be covered by the precious blood of Jesus. But they left the sheep, they left their jobs, This is my challenge to you to end 2020 searching. I mean, to stir something on the inside of you, such a hunger to say, not just a cute message, not just joy in Jesus or synonymous, not just some cliche saying, but in your heart and in your life to know it is possible, it is available. God paid the price so that you can have it. So just start searching, start looking. Jeremiah says, if you look for him, you will find him. If you look for him with all your heart, joy can be found. Pastor, can you give it to me? No. You're going to have to look for him. But it's there. Oh, man, this, this fired me up this week when I was thinking about this, is if we could commission a church to search, 
to not sit and receive for the receive all the presents, but say I'm gonna go find the presents. Maybe that's the problem with the church right now, anyways. So we're sitting around glorified buildings and pastors and leaders saying, Give me, give me, give me, when we should be activated to go and search for his presence. I can't give you something that'll give you joy. Church can't give you something that can give you joy. We can help, we can assist, but his joy is found in his presence, in his presence, in his presence. Well, what about stop? Stop, if you've got to make excuses, then you haven't really understood how good his presence is. I'm not saying that all your, all your bad feelings will go away. I'm not saying that all your bad, bad problems will go away. I'm not saying that your physical disabilities will go away. I am saying that in the midst of all of that, you can have joy because Jesus came, not so that you could be apart from God, but so that you could be close to him. And in fact, all throughout the scriptures, this is the common thread and the common theme is not that we would gain something apart from Christ, but that we would gain something by being connected to Christ, that we would be with him. And this is a crazy thing. His presence actually is enough. If you never had anything else, if, never, if nothing else ever went right for you, if we never came out of a lockdown, if we never stopped what all the things that are going on, if it never stopped, you could still have joy. And just that information should stir your heart to begin to search. Where do you search? You search for him. You search for him at every single campus in just a couple moments. I'm going to have your campus pastors. We're going to do it here. I'm going to have your campus pastors lead you in a couple minutes of pursuit after God. I mean like old-fashioned, old-school pursuit after God. I need him. I need him. I need him. I need his presence. I need his life. Lord, make me glad in your presence. I was studying yesterday, and um, I was just going over this message over and over in my mind, and and, uh, I just started to think, man, why am I not more happy? Why do I not have more joy? Look at all the blessings God's given me. Look at all the things that he's blessed my life with. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak so clearly to me that every time I step out of his presence to search for things to bring me joy, or bring, even, in, even good things to bring me happiness, I neglect the things that he's already done for me. I can't even rejoice or count my blessings because I'm out searching. Joy is in his presence. Did you know that you can live in such a way that you cannot be shaken? People can hate you, and it doesn't faze you. People can oppose you, and it, can't, and it won't shake you. People can think differently than you, and it won't shake you. People can vote differently than you, and it won't shake you. You can be so insulated in him. In, this is possible. This is possible. This is possible. And so what I want you to do is I want to commission you this week and the rest of 2020 to begin to look, to begin to search, to begin to, 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 to run after and pursue God in such a way. You say, I know it's available, and I want to find it in you. This joy that I'm talking about is for you. This joy is for you. This joy is for me. And this joy is for the world. It's not in a pastor that can do everything right or a church that meets all the needs and has all the right programs. 
It's in a Savior that was sent by a loving God that gave us the best Christmas ever by saying, I can't have the separation anymore. I'm not giving you a present this year, but I'm giving you my presence. And that joy is found in that place.